Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined, of course, by Ali Hangarov, the former winner, or well, actually, sorry, reigning champion of FPL, not a former winner yet, uh, reigning champion of, of FPL, uh, won it last year in spectacular fashion. Uh, you guys are very used to seeing him on a Sunday night. You're, of course, also very used to seeing uh, one Gianni Butice, who is uh, AWOL at the moment. I mean, I'm joking. We do know where he is, but unfortunately, uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances, he's not available. So you're going to have to make do with myself and I do think it's going to be an evening uh, uh, episode if you're watching us on YouTube live where you probably just want to have a sit down and have a chat with someone because it has been yet another rotten game week hasn't it Ali how have you been getting on uh, I've been getting on just fine apart from a uh, FPL <laughs> game week so uh, it's, uh, it's a great weekend Sunday nothing to complain about Apart from my rank again. So, uh, all good, but uh, still, you know, keeping the positivity and trying to survive and uh, make sure our next decisions are not just uh, the way we're, it's been going for, you know, a couple of weeks now. Mm. So, keeping it positive. <laughs> yeah, it's a good attitude to have. And I think that's going to be very helpful for the people that in the chat so far, because there's some horror stories in there. I mean, there's there's some okay ones. So, so yeah, so Daniel, uh, Sokan, Luke, ABC. Um, how you doing, guys? Nice to have you in the chat. Um, thank you for letting us know how your game week's gone so far. So uh, Daniel, up to 10K overall uh, with uh, Morris and Kabore still to go. I mean, actually, that's pretty good. So good work there, Daniel. Fingers crossed for you there. Uh, Sokan, 56, still fighting tooth and nails with two to go i wondered when i first read that if he was talking about he actually had toothache as well which sometimes fpl can feel like toothache uh, and it probably does feel like toothache for luke who got 20 he's on 27 points so far which is not great um and uh, he has now activated his wild card don't blame you at all if you've getting a score like that uh, a wild card went in last week for abc 789 72 points so far on that wild card kabore to go keep wild carding people i love to see the price rises <laughs> love that um but yes, as I said, we've got some other uh, worse stories here. Luke actually just confirming that his 27 points has taken him from 450k to 1 million. Oh, well, you're in the right place, Luke. We're going to try and make you feel a little bit better about your team. As Ali says, sometimes when you get these rubbish game weeks, you need a little bit of external influence to keep you calm, making those decisions with a cool head instead of a rash one. Uh, Rahul, 600k to 2 million. Oh, horrible. Only 24 points. Sterling and Kabore still to play. I mean... Hopefully, you can claw some of that back with those little differentials there. Um, but yeah, uh, Greg, 33 points. Uh, we got um, Obi-Wan Kenobi dropping 1.2 million places. Oh, well, 
Oh, oh wow, we got we got Temi Do took a minus twelve, and it ended on ninety one. So it, it worked out. Either way, it's a chaotic game week. There's lots going on, and this is a good opportunity, isn't it, Ali? Just to sort of um, keep check of our emotions, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, whatever happens. You know, whatever happened in the past, we still have to look forward and uh, again make sure our decisions come going forward are better than uh, been before. So uh, it's uh, it's a lot going on. For uh, I've seen, you know, just like last game week, I've seen scores like nineties, hundreds, uh, and uh, a lot of just a lot of managers just ended up even below average. Me myself, again below average and. Uh, <laughs> I'm um, trying to keep positive, you know, just to be, you know, composed. And uh, uh, but it's it's hard at the moment. It's it's hard uh, uh, after last season's uh, crazy journey. It's uh, I'm trying to deal with it in the right way. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely a good idea. We're going to have a look at uh, your team how and how it's got on so far in Game Week 7 uh, in just uh, a moment. But before we do, uh, as ever, we always have a bit of housekeeping here on Fantasy Football Scout. First things first, of course, is that you can still save up to 30% uh, on those pre-season prices for uh, membership. Uh, if you're a regular watcher of uh, FPL winners or if you regularly listen on the podcast platform, you will, of course, know that a lot of the uh, in-game stuff that we, uh, we were able to show you does come from that members area. So if you want access to sort of play around with that in your own time, the membership uh, is the way to go. Uh, and we also uh, have a message from our sponsor as well. Today's video is sponsored by Betway, the principal betting partners of West Ham and the betting partner of Brighton. On Friday, they announced the heroes for the weekend. <coughs> bet £10 on player markets, top scorer of the heroes, and they will credit £1 free bet for every point up to £20. Betway also run giveaways, including shirts and tickets for West Ham and Brighton. We know not everybody gambles, which is something we take very seriously. That's why on our website, uh, we have a filter you can turn on so you can opt out of the gambling ads. And for those of you who do enjoy it, do so responsibly and safely. Uh, there's more info about Betway in the description you have to be 18 and over and of course we encourage everybody to gamble responsibly and to be gambleaware.org when the fun stops stop which does in many respects sound like a little bit of a, uh, an FPL <laughs> um, adage as well at the moment uh, especially in a week uh, Ali where it's it's not gone very well for, for you as I said like most of the people so there is some solace to take in the fact that we're kind of all in the same boat in many respects. But yeah, do you want to talk us through how your game week's got on so far? Um, and for the benefit of the podcast listeners, perhaps just sort of list through um, who's currently uh, in your team. So I'll list through my uh, players in my 11. So Pickford in goal, Saliba, Shar, Stupinian, uh, Rashford, Foden, Madison and Saka in the midfield. Wilson up top, Holland as a captain and DCL, Dominic Cal- 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 um, uh, two of my transfers with a hit were uh, uh, Big Dom, and I brought Shar in. Uh, Shar Share. Um, I'm trying not to butcher his name, but uh, I, I believe it's pronounced Fabian Share. It's like the same. Fabian, yeah. yeah, Fabian Share. Okay, so um, these were my two transfers. I got rid of Chilwell and uh, a bench for Obama. So uh, basically, it was a positive transfer. Uh, so I got seven points from Share and uh, six points from, from Calvert. It was it was okay, but uh, I really expected more from uh, from my midfield. To be honest, I was uh, really maybe five minutes away from wild carding before I fell asleep tinkering. So <laughs> on a Friday night, it was unfortunate. So I woke up and I, uh, I realized that my team value is just gone down. And uh, there wasn't really 
a great cause to wildcard because my team on paper looked okay and I expected a lot more from the City and as well as Manchester United. I was betting on Rashford and Foden to do well at this game with, with Wilson as well. I uh, He was flagged, but uh, I still thought that he would probably feature, but that wasn't the case. So um, ironically, I ended up putting Eze last in the, on my bench and uh, I'll, I'll be having Udogi, tra- you know, um, filling in Wilson's uh, uh, Wilson's blank. Uh, so it's a, an unfortunate game week. Uh, I'm down to 3 million and uh, 37th with a minus four. So it's not, it's not looking good at the moment, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to, Build a wild card that where the my team value isn't isn't great, and I've been <laughs> I've been talking about team value in a way that uh, it's not really important as long as you bring in uh, good players and you're happy with your team. There's still there's always uh, cheaper alternatives, but I'm not sure how it's affecting my uh, team at the moment because price rises and falls are just brutal. This couple of, have been brutal this couple of game weeks, and uh, I've been losing uh, value on players that I didn't really think I would be losing because Eze just dropped down 0.3 in a matter of a week yeah. for some reason. Uh, he still delivered an assist, and uh, my team overall I mean, Saka was questionable again, as well as Sadiliba. Those were the players that delivered. I didn't really expect. Uh, Brighton battering that bad. I mean, uh, it feels it feels like every season they have a couple of games that they just they're off. Just like it happened last season with, uh, I think they've lost to Everton five one or something like that. It, it was yeah. something was just off, and uh, the same happened against Aston Villa. So Aston Villa like the uh, early kickoff. Uh, I believe they last year against Newcastle as well. It was an early kickoff, and Watkins delivered a brace and an assist. So it's it's a lot of similarities and tendencies with some of the teams that keep happening every season. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes making a decision, you still have those moments in mind. And uh, I think this game week was uh, really unfortunate in terms of Brighton assets. Uh, Watkins owners, uh, kudos to them because they've still kept their faith and uh, kept him in the team. Maybe someone, maybe some managers just wildcarded him in ahead of the good fixtures. So kudos to them. Uh, 23 points, uh, not in my team, but uh, still looking positive. Mm. Yeah, I'm very pleased to see Watkins doing well. I've not owned him all season because I've had the RB instead. Uh, but we've had a lot of questions on a lot of the streams about what to do with him. And uh, I, I know he's do- he's been doing well on the tables, for example, in goals imminent and some of the tables I've been looking at as well. His underlying statistics have been really good all season. And while it is a big haul, and we're going to talk about um, some XG and under and over performance a little bit later in the show, um, and he obviously features in that, um, it's a bigger haul than I was expecting, but it's I'm not surprised to see him get a big haul. Um, this has been coming. 
Um, and so then those who've held onto him and had a bit of faith, um, you know, that wasn't uh, naivety in any way. I think those who held onto Watkins, that was that was a skill moment in FPL because the skill sometimes comes in holding onto players who haven't necessarily been getting the points, but have been getting the underlying numbers. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree. C- uh, massive congratulations to Watkins owners. You do definitely deserve it, especially in a world where Alvarez has, of course, been turning heads. Um, things like that. I'm just going to come back to your team a little bit to ask you, I guess, about United. My 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 guess here is that you put Eze so far down the bench because you were fairly confident that it was going to be an important win for your Man United after the win against Burnley. Um, and it really just did not go the way I think I think anyone expected uh, in this one. And you still got Rashford. So with Eze and Rashford, I mean, with those two players in particular, what are your plans moving forward? And I guess I'm kind of asking here, what's your bus team for game week eight? Uh, looking mm. like, I, I guess. I mean, I know you've talked about your wild card as well. Um, so, but do they do those players feature, etc.? Um, as I was supposed to be first on my bench, but I've realized that I've put him the third uh, right when the deadline hit. So I was like, no way. <laughs> I tried to, I've tried to like uh, change the uh, change him to doggy, but uh, I thought I managed. It was just like on a deadline and. When the uh, uh, game updated, uh, I was like, "No, nah, it didn't really happen." So, yeah, so I annoying. knew I knew the points were coming. So, uh, Wilson unfortunately didn't feature. With the United game, I was fairly confident that they have to bounce back after you know uh, fairly okay result uh, away from home, but um it's still not happening for them and it's it's a it's a worrying sign for uh overall manchester united fans and their asset owners because uh brentford is not going to be an easy fixture so uh i expect a lot of goals in that fixture and um looking at united midfield uh rashford and bruno i still think that we for those, I'm I'm trying to hold on to my wild card until game week nine, maybe because there's international break in between eight and nine, and uh, I really think that uh, wild carding this game week could backfire. But I'm still uncertain if I have a couple of you know uh, main players uh, injured and uh, maybe ruled out for the next game week. I think I'll pull the trigger. But the price rises are killing me at the moment, and uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure how to. Uh, I'm still trying to keep my calm with it and uh, not to rush transfers. But they're absolutely brutal. Yeah, big time. And yeah, certainly on the, the Man United players, there is have been questions in the chat already. So hopefully, those of you who are asking about whether or not you're selling Rashford and Bruno, hopefully that was uh, a useful indicator of. Uh, uh, what you should do uh, with uh, with those players. Uh, I'm going to stick my team up on the screen uh, now uh, as well, just to sort of, um, well, uh, give some examples of some bad decisions, but also some some jammy luck. So I'm really sorry here, Ali. This may sting because my bench positioning this week has worked out very, very nicely. Um, so I do apologize in advance. So uh, <laughs> Flecken and Obama combined for just four points for me today, which I was I was disappointed by. Um, minus two for a Stupinan. Botman didn't play. And I just, oh, I, I, I did a stream on Saturday, did the deadline stream, and uh, I was torn. I was in two minds. It was either sell Chilwell to get um, burn, uh, or um, just roll the transfer. And I honestly wasn't sure. I had like ten minutes to go, and uh, I put um, my faith in chat. 
I said uh, I did a poll and they voted. Uh, in the end, it was well, it was close to begin with, and then unanimously by the end, largely it was just roll the transfer. Um, I owe them a great debt. I owe them a very great debt because Botman not playing means that. Joachim Anderson, who was my second on my bench behind Cameron Archer, who obviously can't come in for Sven Botman. Um, I'm getting 15 points when the subs auto do. Um, which And this is the first time all season I've got any Anderson points. I've owned him since game week one. In fact, I've owned him since like two weeks into preseason because I was just very interested in the Palace defence. And I had him benched every other time he got something. Every time I've started him so far is when Palace conceded and he doesn't do something. He finally gets himself a double-digit haul when he's... Well, he, I didn't even start him, and he's going to come in. So I do feel really, really jammy, because I've also seen that Feynor in the chat also benched Anderson, but didn't didn't put... But it's, don't worry, he came in for me. So I feel very, very jammy. Um, my overall team, it did okay. Uh, I dropped down to 854k pre-subs, but I'll go up to about 365k when... The, that I mean, but that right there shows you how easy it is to go from a bad week to a good week very quickly in the sense that with the fifth, just 15 points auto sub for someone who's, to be fair, not that widely owned, is going to jump me up like 500k places. It's just nuts. Um, so, yeah, I'm sort of taking some solace there that um, you've only got to have a couple of players pop off and and then you're going to start climbing the ranks uh, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, just to complete uh, the list of my, my players. So, Cash, uh, once again, getting something. Um, and Burmo, Madison, both on two. Diaby got me six. Oh, oh was it eight? I think it's, yeah, sorry, it's eight points. So, I didn't have Watkins, but I still had some Villa uh, contingent, which I was quite happy with. Uh, just one point for Salah. I didn't sell Saka. Um, with the you know those pictures of him arriving at Bournemouth, that was enough for me to keep him. And then Alvarez and Haaland up front. Chilwell still on my bench, but he's an easy sell for next week. I've got two free transfers, which is is a useful place to be. It's probably going to be Chilwell to Trippier, and try and find like one point two million somewhere else. I don't know where that's going to be yet. I'm not sure. I'm like you though. I really want to hold off on that wild card. Um, I do really want to, um, yeah, just hold it until it's going to be more effective because I think that we can I think I can lean into some of these fixture swings quite easily to be honest like yeah I don't know I, I, yeah I know you've already sort of touched upon it but um, in an ideal world do you feel like the latest you use the wild card the better because I'm right in thinking that you did actually use your wild card very very late last season and of course uh, pay dividends because um, you, you won the whole thing Last season uh, was a little bit different because of the World Cup in between and we knew uh, we will have uh, unlimited transfers uh, before game week 17. So it was different. Uh, I could afford using it later because I knew that it was still like we have uh, other options. But uh, this season is a little bit different. Uh, I mean, um, I like to use it late, but it depends on your team. If you're struggling with your game weeks and you struggle with with your rank and uh, i think there's no point of delaying it and uh, once it's not necessarily that um it's not 100 percent that wildcard is going to save your season but uh you have to uh, pick the timing carefully as well because looking at your team to be honest uh, i don't i don't think it needs a wildcard Oh, yeah. There's two transfers as well. It doesn't need it. Anderson, 15-pointer, uh, I think um, it's it's a lot. Um, uh, it's far away from luck, trust me. You pick uh, the player for for the same reasons that he's, he's a good attacking uh, threat. I mean, from... Uh, 
uh, from Palace defense because he's always scoring points, he's always assisting, scoring. I'm not sure what the stats are for him last season, but Anderson has always been attacking. And uh, uh, you, it happened to me last season with um, uh, with uh, Tyron Mings, I believe. He would always come for, come off the bench and bring me points. And that's what uh, having a good, uh, solid uh, defensive asset on your bench, uh, ready to come on for someone who doesn't feature. So it's it's not luck. It's uh, it's a lot of skill involved, and having the right bench, a great bench in your in your team, uh, is quite beneficial for you. And looking at your team, you're well set up for uh, next three or four game weeks with Diaby. With um, I think you have two free transfers, and um, maybe some of the questionable assets in your team are Chilwell and uh, Botman is injured. So we're not sure for how long, but he's easily benchable. So. Uh, Palace have a good fixture against Forest at home. Uh, maybe a potential clean sheet for Anderson. Stupinian, I think if you you know ride off the storm for a couple of game weeks, he's still um, Brighton fixtures turn really well. So uh, it's it's not a wild card necessary team because you you have Salah in your team, you have Holland, you have. Uh, uh, Newcastle defense covered. You have Cash. You have Diaby. You have Madison. Maybe you're missing Son at the moment, but um, he will be highly owned ahead of the Luton uh, fixture. And uh, you might want to think about bringing in Son and fitting in some somehow in your team. Maybe, because, but the rest of your team looks absolutely brilliant. I mean, Archer. I mean, Torn. You, you're set, man. You, you don't need to wildcard anytime yeah. soon. No, thanks, man. That that means a lot. It's helpful uh, knowing that because the swing is arriving. It's coming soon. And I had initially planned to use it around that swing. So um, it's nice to be able to hold it off. I still would love to use it around um, that blank game week for City, you know, to sort of really um, get the most out of that. So I don't have to use a free hit or something like that. So, yeah, if I could just get through these next couple of weeks. Um, I know what you mean. I'm a bit nervous about Son. Um I think he's. I think he's. He's a big captain candidate for the upcoming game week. So I think there's going to be lots of questions uh, about him. Uh, before we go any further, we have had a super chat. So of course we are obliged, of course, to provide an answer. But the thing is, I think this is a really good question for everybody, really. And I'm going to sort of. I'm actually going to combine it with a question uh, from Lars. So we'll start with Noobmaster with his question. Four ninety nine uh, chat. Thanks very much, Noobmaster. Uh, thinking at the start of the season, Rashford and Bruno would bring in big numbers this season. Uh, of course, they haven't done. And he says, who do you recommend to? place these players uh, and I'm also going to just stick Lars's question in as well would love to hear your opinions on Burma going forward because all of a sudden there's a number of people with midfield openings uh, in their teams uh, Anthony Gordon has been uh, a good option to look at but of course he has now picked up that fifth yellow card so he's suspended that takes him out of the equation uh, and so I mean whether well, there'll be, be Gordon owners probably looking for a replacement as well um, so let's start with the United guys in their price point best replacements for them but I think yeah, that we need some. We need to talk about Burma, don't we? After after today and a few blanks in a row, and highly owned player, we've all earned a lot of profit on him. If we've had him, is now the time to move him on. Uh, I would find it really hard to uh, sell Rashford or Bruno. If you have two, probably one of them is uh, is a comfortable sell. But uh, if you have one, I'm I'm on Rashford at the moment, but I'm really hard, finding it hard because. I can't see United uh, being in bad form for, for long because 
they they will bounce back, uh, whether it's this game week or maybe against Sheffield United. I think there are it's still once they click, they it's a high ceiling uh, for goal scorers for them. So um, and um, the goals would usually come from Rashford, Bruno, or maybe Hoyland would uh, hit the form. And I think uh, if you're thinking to replace them. Uh, there's two questions, uh, there are two aspects to it. If you're trying to uh, generate cash in order to fund Salah, I think uh, there are some uh, budget enablers such as uh, Pedro Neto. I think uh, that guy, that would be an overstatement if I say this, but he's fixture-proof. He can deliver against any team, no matter what he does, I like his as a, I like his uh, technical abilities and the way how he uh, performs against big teams as well. Against Liverpool, he delivered. Against uh, City, he delivered an assist, I believe, for a non goal. And um, for for that price point, there are not many options. With Gordon and um, uh, Neto, I think. Uh, He's definitely nailed. He's on some set pieces, maybe on penalties as well. We haven't had a penalty from Wolves yet, but uh, he's he's their main guy, and uh, I think he's a great pick if you if you need to fund Salah. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, for for the rest of the assets in the same price bracket, I think uh, Arsenal assets like Odegaard. Odegaard will be really really popular because um, his He's taking penalties from time to time, and he's always amongst the uh, uh, goal involvement. Um, Arsenal doesn't look like they will be having you know hard time. I think they they still have room to improve, and uh, a lot of people just getting rid of their assets because of the bad fixtures. But I think they will be delivering points. Um, uh, Sobos life from Liverpool for seven million. Uh, he, he's on some set pieces, he's been scoring goals for fun and uh, having a nailed uh, Liverpool midfielder who's fairly attacking. If you compare McAllister and him, I think uh, Soboslai is really good. Uh, Richarlison from Spurs, ahead of good fixtures, I think. Johnson is uh, injured at the moment and he has a good chance of featuring uh, in a starting eleven. So uh, he will be in and around points as well, I believe. So there's a lot of options in the uh, midfield if you're looking for uh, Bruno or Rashford uh, replacements. Mm-hmm. Even uh, Ansu Fati, I think, uh, classified as a uh, as a midfielder in a game. So uh, once Brighton's fixtures come good again, I think Ansu Fati will be really popular. So there's a lot of options. Uh, just uh team dependent again uh you just have to look for a good combination of fixtures and good form and i think pedro neto has been really going under the radar Hmm. yeah he sort of um he was a widely talked about pick last season lots of people started with him and then he really underwhelmed and i think it stung people into being sort of colorblind to neto He's kind of, I think, I want you here at Forest as well, for sort of less uh, to lesser of an extent because he wasn't like widely owned. But it's almost like people just kind of we we targeted Forest when they were rubbish, 
So we just kind of assume, oh, well, we don't need to bother with Forest. But, um, you know, they're two players that um, are still racking up points. So we should be looking into them. And yeah, Wolves, with their fixtures are, are coming good. Uh, while you were talking, I put the season ticker up on the screen. So those who are watching on YouTube can, can obviously see that over the next six matches, if you sort by overall difficulties, that's not strictly the attacking difficulty, uh, which you can filter as well with your own membership. Uh, but yeah, even just for overall difficulty, um, they rank fourth highest. Uh, Villa, Bournemouth, uh, Newcastle, Sheffield United, Spurs and Fulham are uh, their next six. And of course, the Bournemouth game, the Sheffield United game, the Fulham game look especially tasty. And I suppose if you were a bit nervous about the Spurs, Newcastle and Villa games, uh, well, uh, well, if you're nervous about those three, you'd maybe sign Neto perhaps for game week nine. But uh, with the Newcastle and Spurs games, because of his price, possibly benchable in a world where um, I'm, we get a lot of questions every week where people put up, do I bench this guy or this guy? And I'm like, how do you have room to bench these guys? Because I think a lot of people are favouring having uh, eight attacking players and, and deliberately giving themselves a benching headache. But with Neto, you maybe have less of one. Uh, but but as you said there, I mean, he's obviously got attacking returns even against City. So he's he's definitely one uh, to consider. You mentioned Spurs' fixtures were good. They are top of the season ticker for the next six. So it's Luton, Fulham, Palace, Chelsea, Wolves, Aston Villa uh, for them. Um, I suppose, you know, you've got Eze. Palace's fixtures look good over the next six as well. Forest, uh, Newcastle, Spurs, Burnley, Everton and Luton. Their third highest on the season ticker. So, yeah, lots of good options there. Um, I was also just looking at some numbers sort of running a few comparisons in the members area for some some stats over the last four. Um, and Son is... Look, we already talked about he looks very, very scary for next week. If you don't have Son and you do have a United player and maybe just a little bit of extra cash because Rashford's 8-8, eight, eight, Bruno's 8-4 and Son is 9-3. Son right now, last four matches, Son is top of the league for shots in... Uh, sorry, not shots in the box. Uh, for shots on target, I should say. Uh, he's joint top with... Um, Harland and Madison um, and then for big chances uh, he's had six so only two players have had more than him but if you just sort of compare that with Rashford and Bruno it, the difference is quite stark so um, for example shit, uh, uh, yeah, big chances it's six uh, for Son over the last four matches. Just the one for Rashford, none for Bruno. And then Bruno and Rashford combine for fewer big, uh, fewer shots on target, I should say, than Son. So they combined for eight shots on target. Son's had nine. So he's better than both of them put together. So he's looking in really good form compared to some of those options in that bracket we were talking about. But Ansu Fati, wow, I hadn't realised just how busy he's been in a short space of time in the last four matches just 124 minutes played but he's had seven shots in the box three big chances three on target and xgi of 1.9 in just 124 minutes i mean that's that's some tasty stuff there 12.5 percent goal conversion 0.5 percent ownership he, i mean he's going to go under the radar because people are probably more focused on a matoma or something like that so brighton's fixtures at the moment are um, just find them on the ticker. They're tricky over the next two, and it's Liverpool and City. But then, when it gets to game week ten, they shoot right back up the season ticker. Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest. Oh, the Brighton players are really going to light things up. So, yeah, some timing uh, things in there as well. You know, if you're going to be selling your United players, um, maybe Brentford and Sheffield United next two, give them another go. It's, it's a bit annoying every week. I feel like we all say this, don't we? Give them another go. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get more of these questions like, oh, it still didn't work. What do I do? Um, so certainly some some options um, 
in there. Um, so we've got, got probably about um, time for sort of seven or eight minutes uh, left to go. And we do, of course, like to talk about how things have gone this weekend. And so I'm just going to stick the results up on the screen um, and sort of go through some of the key uh, underlying numbers that have uh, underpinned some of these games. So I'll just uh, obviously just sort of remind people of some of these scores. So Aston Villa 6, Brighton 1, Bournemouth 0, Arsenal 4, Everton 1, Luton 2, Man United 0, Crystal Palace 1. Newcastle 2, Burnley 0, West Ham 2, Sheffield United 0, Wolves 2, Man City 1, Spurs 2, Liverpool 1, although probably going to be an asterisk next to that fixture for the rest of history. Uh, Nottingham Forest 1, Brentford 1 are the results we've had so far. Quite a lot of surprise results in there. And what that's mean for... Well, I'm going to put, I'm going to put the XG stuff on the screen. Uh, it, it's actually the XG that can perhaps tell us more stories about this game than some of these scores, right? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, looking at the uh, XG, XG underachievers and overachievers, you could, uh, we do it every game game week, every Sunday, and uh, sometimes there are players that are on the same list, and uh, you could see a pattern of it happening and uh, whether their good form is sustainable or not. So uh, Almiron is back in, uh, are we looking at the uh, over? Or yeah, we've got the overachievers at first, yeah. So Almiron is back at his favorite position because uh, he's been scoring a lot from lower XG um, uh, positions just like last year. And uh, his goal was an absolute screamer from um, 20 or 30 yards and uh, top pins. I think we've seen it last last season and uh, his second after Watkins. Uh, Watkins, despite of Scoring three goals, I think uh, some of those points, FPL points, were really lucky because the own goal for his assist or uh, deflection—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit, you know, harsh to say it's lucky. It's still a good, great hat trick. It, it was a great performance from him, but you could see that his xG is just—it's not even one. So um, uh, his first goal, I think, was a. Uh, you know, the low corner and uh, the shot was really going down low and with low speed. It's 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 hard uh, when you look at the numbers. You you could see that you know uh, the three goals out of uh, no point eight xg is just uh, unbelievable. And uh, uh, I'm I'm really uh, not sure whether. He's still a good option ahead of good fixtures, but uh, you never know with Watkins. Sometimes he's just uh, you know explosive enough to to go off and deliver you a double-digit hole. Mm. So um, Jacob Ramsey, uh, it's it's again he's always scoring screamers <laughs> outside the box, and uh, just 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 like this game week, um, it's it says a lot. Uh, I mean, what is it? No point oh seven. Uh, 0.07 yeah so uh, 0.93 of a delta huge yeah it's huge absolutely huge and uh, Ben White as well he's uh, it was it was a good header I mean um, but still really hard to score we don't see a lot of goals from Ben White Uh, he's fairly attacking but uh, if if it's a header from a set piece we would expect uh, maybe Gabriel or Saliba be at the end of it, but uh, Ben White uh, has managed to score this game week. Alvarez scored from a free kick. I mean, uh, it's been coming because I uh, he he would take some of the 
you know, straight free kicks from for the city, and uh, it was close a couple of times, but uh, every time I don't own him and uh, he's on the free kick, and I feel like he he would score because he's he's got a good uh, right foot on that. Mm. Well, we've got some comment about- in the chat actually from uh, Peppermint Freedom. He says Alvarez is looking like Man City's clutch player now because I think the what's really uh, a cool way of obviously sort of contextualizing XG is when players have the ability to overperform against it consistently. Um, and Watkins, to be honest, is kind of an either-or. I and mean, we're going to have a look at underachievers in a minute, and we have seen him on the underachievers a lot. He's someone who tends to even out quite well. And so he will underachieve some weeks, overachieve the next, and it largely levels out throughout the course of the season. Now, we haven't seen... Uh, this is Alvarez's first proper season, uh, really being a regular, regular starter in the City side. So it's hard to say where it's going to go from here. But we've seen a lot of Man City players over the years very good at consistently overperforming against XG because that's simply what the best players in the world do. They take very difficult to score opportunities or very difficult to assist opportunities and they turn them into the real deal. And it kind of looks like, once again, Alvarez is showing he can just, most weeks record relatively low xg and still come away with something and that's that's really useful for fpl managers isn't it absolutely in terms of alvarez performances i think uh, the injury list is long enough for city to play him every week and um, he's really proved proven that uh, even as a number 10 in in that city lineup i think he still manages to score goals and uh, his, uh, I believe he would ideally be used as a Holland replacement or sometimes rotating Holland, but uh, due to injuries, he's been playing on a, on a, as a number 10. And uh, looking at that young potential uh, great athlete, you could see that he could deliver from anywhere. It doesn't matter. He's taking set pieces, he's taking you know, direct free kicks, he's taking even... Long distance shots. I mean, he's got everything in his locker, and um, he's young enough to be uh, playing two or three games in a short period of time. And uh, I think Pep likes to give some of their players uh, rest down the, you know, in the middle of the season. Uh, but at the moment, I don't see him resting uh, for a while because. Uh, of long-term injuries to Kevin De Bruyne, I'm not sure when Bruno, when uh, Bernardo Silva is coming back, but they're really uh, thin on a squad death. So, yeah, it's a useful time for City to be kind of short of players. <laughs> uh, we yeah. obviously don't wish injuries on anybody, but it does make life easy for us. And I suppose the one thing with Alvarez is that. Um, in theory, we might see him get uh, start games and then come off if City can kind of run away with it a little bit. Um, we haven't seen that in the Premier League too much yet, which is probably yeah. the best way around because Alvarez has actually completed 90 minutes in five of the seven game weeks so far. Um, and then in terms of the two that he didn't, 89 minutes played against Fulham, uh, goal and two assists there, 14 points. That was his actually biggest haul of the season. He did, of course, play 56 minutes against Forest, but I think we all know that's a bit of a, an anomaly because Rodri doesn't normally lose his head at all, let alone in that kind of fashion. So um, the chances of that sort of happening again, of course, are quite slim. So we're fairly confident he's going to keep getting the, the minutes where it matters for us, which is uh, definitely very important. Let's move on to the underachievers then, which is actually, if I'm being honest, my one of my favourite things to look at because this is one of these tables that usually helps us understand 
um, whether or not we should sell someone because we quite often just on all the shows get questions like this guy's not been delivering do I hold him and the answer to the question usually lies in maybe an XG underachievers table or perhaps um, some individual tables on things like shots, shots in the box, big chances, shots on target. You know, we need to find out to what extent are these guys having a go? Uh, and if they're having lots of opportunities and they're not quite delivering, then maybe they are due a goal. And interesting to see we've got uh, Isak, Richarlison, uh, Diaz and Estupinan. Um, actually, uh, all uh, on the uh, list of underachievers for game week seven, as it was before the uh, uh, the Brentford Forest game. So I'll throw to you, Ali, to sort of talk through some of those guys. I'm just going to uh, double check what it looks like after the, the Forest game, because, of course, it might help us talk about Mbermo. So, um, yeah, um, anyone stick out here for you? Um, it's with Isak. Um, he's, he's always... Uh, Newcastle attack has been really good, even recently, even last year. Um, if he starts, uh, it's just a matter of uh, minutes, because uh, once Wilson is uh, fit, you never know who's going to be starting uh, because of the Champions League rotation. And uh, um, <clears throat> the wingers at um, Newcastle at the moment with uh, Anthony Gordon and Almiron and maybe Barnes is injured, but uh, you never know what's the start, what the starting lineup looking like. And uh, I think with uh, good XG of 1.83 for Isaac, he's a good option as long as uh, Wilson is injured. But uh, I won't be looking. I wouldn't be looking at him um, long term uh, if I have a good alternative. With Richarlison, uh, again, he started because of the injury for Johnson and he's done well. Uh, I've, I've seen the highlights of the game and he was really active. It's uh, uh, The managers were really unfortunate with him um, in the beginning of the season, but I think uh, once he started clicking, I think it was with Son up top. Uh, Richarlison is uh, fairly, has done well against Liverpool and uh, you could see that on the on the chart as well. He should have scored, he could have scored. I think points will be coming for Richardson as well. As I mentioned before, uh, Garner from Everton, um, it's good numbers, uh, but I wouldn't be backing Everton uh, attack. Uh, I would only pick Dominic Calvert-Lewin because he's a striker and the rest of them is just, it's it's hard to rely on them because they don't, they don't score many goals. Um, for Liverpool's uh, Luis Diaz, uh, I'm really positive about him because uh, there are a lot of managers that um, don't have funds for Salah. So if you have a midfield spot for a Liverpool player, I think Diaz is uh, is a really good option. And uh, he's done well this season and I don't see him, uh, if he's fit, I think he's uh, in a starting lineup for Liverpool. And Jota is suspended for next game. Um, I think he will be starting on the left flank and um, he could deliver big against Brighton. Um, <clears throat> for yeah. Anderson, uh, I've seen the highlights. Uh, it's he's, he's had a couple of good moments, but that's probably uh, because of the opposition. And I don't see him, you know, uh, performing those numbers against big teams. Estupinian... It, it, it's, it's a stupid opinion. We, we know what to expect from him. He could end up uh, hauling uh, against a big team in any game. So it's, it doesn't matter for him. He's always attacking. He's always bringing uh, clutching good numbers in terms of XG. 
So uh, it just it was an unfortunate occasion for uh, Brighton fans and Brighton asset owners as well. Uh, with, uh, Emil Smithrow had a big chance uh, denied by the goalkeeper and uh, should have scored that. You could see him uh, after the game really disappointed that he should have taken that chance because he doesn't really get into uh, Arsenal's lineup, uh, starting lineup, and. Um, it was really disappointing. Uh, he's on this list for a reason, but I don't see uh, him starting over uh, other Arsenal uh, starting eleven players. So, and Diaby, uh, maybe you would expect a lot more points from him uh, in, in a six-goal game, but uh, I think he's ended up with two assists, and uh, he's it's not too bad. Uh, it's uh, Aston Villa fixtures looking great for the upcoming five or six, I believe. So uh, he's a good option to have in your team. And I think a lot of wildcarders will have him. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I'm, I'm increasingly feeling very smug that I've had him since game week one because he's earning me money and points, which is which is nice. Um, uh, and uh, while you were going through that, I have uh, managed to get a little bit of uh, stuff on, on Mbomo. And interestingly enough, uh, when you do sort of refresh this table, uh, Mbomo actually replaces Diaby on this list because uh, <laughs> Mbomo today, but, but it's so close. Mbomo today, he was uh, obviously got nothing, but uh, his XGI was 0.43. And so, therefore, he underperformed by 0.43, which would uh, knock Diaby off by 0.01. Um, but it's it's worth mentioning him again because it just means that um, he, he is still trying. And it, and uh, when the game week, well, actually, maybe the game week, we still got games to play. We've got Chelsea and Fulham, still got Luton and Burnley to face each other midweek. So maybe Mbappe gets knocked off. But the point is, is, he's at least in the under in the conversation about underperformance. Um, I'd rather my player was underperforming than simply just getting XGI of zero every game. So might potentially convince me to hold him. And just to give you guys a sort of a, an idea of what's fueling those numbers, uh, he obviously um, didn't have a penalty today. So that's all come from open play, which is, is useful because we do need him to do well in open play as well as with the penalties. But he created four chances today. So there was a lot of assist potential from him, uh, which is more than any other player in that match. And of course, no uh, assists, but he was trying. Uh, in terms of the goal threat, he had uh, two shots. Both of them were in the box. None of them were big and none of them were on target. How that compares with those around him, Mope had three shots all in the box. Norgard had four shots, three of them in the box. So a little bit uh, of a dip there on goal threat. Um, I'm going to do a, a video in the week that sort of breaks down the first four game weeks of the season and the, and the last three game weeks of the season on Burmo to really sort of get an idea for what's gone on here, what's shifted with, with him going from being like prime Messi to just literal Messi with a Y instead of an I in front of goal. And uh, yeah, we need to know the answer there. But the, the general gist is that today, I think we, we were, well, the data shown we were unlucky in inverted commas because he, he underperformed. He tried. He tried. We can't fault him that. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes. Yeah. Does that does that I mean just on those little numbers there? I mean, um, yeah, on Umbermo. I mean, we talked about him earlier on, but with uh, that now, does that help change your view or fuel your view a bit? Or I think the uh, if you have it in your team, uh, you can certainly have an argument to keep him because the fixtures aren't too bad, and uh, he's one player that he's one player that you if if you bet on Brentford scoring, you you. He'll most likely be amongst the uh, 
um, you know, final third, maybe assisting or scoring a goal himself, and he's still on penalties. He's still on penalties. Let's not forget that. But for me, I'm, I decided to go against him in the beginning of the season, and uh, I'm not sure if I'll be, you know, I, I, I hate to uh, arrive late, late at the party. So <laughs> even if he starts delivering, I don't see myself going for him because there's still a lot of uh, other options to consider. But in your case, I, would, uh, I wouldn't, you know, rule him out and uh, he's still a good FPL option. Yeah, I think... I think on balance, I'm probably going to hold him. But yeah, we'll see how I feel later in the week. And as I said, if you want more information on that, um, do stay tuned to our content for the rest of the week uh, for that. Um, that's all about time. That's all about uh, time we've got uh, tonight. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, uh, for uh, joining us. Uh, as ever, uh, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification as well so you don't miss any content. Of course, uh, tomorrow we're sort of back to it. The fact that we've got uh, a couple of extra games uh, does not halt the schedule in any way. Everybody's already thinking about game week eight so of course we've got um uh, scout cast burning questions we've got um goals imminent all the usual good stuff so make sure you stay tuned uh for that um but yeah that's everything from me um unless there's anything uh, you want to add ali before we finish um uh, uh, keep the faith uh, be patient with your team uh and uh, good luck with your choices because fpl is always uh, hectic fpl is not stable <laughs> so uh if you're trying to, if you're thinking of quitting, don't because it's a fun, <laughs> fun game to play, and uh, everything starts just now. Mm. So keep positive and uh, believe in your, uh, in yourself and your judgment. So go for it. Amazing stuff. Well, with that, we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy the rest of your tinkering ahead of Game Week Eight, and we'll see you next time. Bye.